0: Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week I will bring you inspiring guests with a focus on mindset, health, and spirituality providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Because you're listening today, I want to go ahead and give you a gift. It's a gift I've crafted with immense love, care, and the wisdom of my own journey. This gift is my six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life. It's more than just a guide. It's a heartfelt roadmap designed to navigate the terrain of living alcohol-free. Each step in this blueprint is a beacon of light, illuminating your path, guiding you towards a healthier, happier, and truly radiant version of yourself. It's your tool for empowerment filled with practical strategies and emotional insights that will resonate with your personal experiences. It's the companion you deserve on your sobriety journey and the best part it's been thoughtfully created for those like me who found traditional programs like aa or the 12 steps not quite aligning with their needs so if you are ready to embrace this adventure with open arms and an open heart go ahead and text the word gift that's g-i-f-t at 1855-649-6196. Again, that's the word gift at 1855-649-6196. And after all, this just isn't a blueprint. It's the start of your beautiful transformation. So let's embark on this journey together. Welcome to another exhilarating episode of Shine Within. Today, we're setting our sails to journey with a globetrotter whose story is nothing short of inspiring. Enter the world of Anya Halama, a fearless adventurer who swapped her mundane 9 to 5 for the thrills of world exploration, deep self-discovery, and mesmerizing digital artistry. From the shackles of a paycheck-to-paycheck life to the boundless freedom of manifesting her dreams, Anya's tale is a whirlwind of passion and purpose. Hold tight as we delve into the life of the hashtag Millennial manifester, a spiritual virtuoso juggling roles from plant medicine facilitation to intuitive digital artistry and oh so much more with accolades like millennial powerhouse by entrepreneurial magazine and her radiant presence on stages like the napoleon hill foundation anya's accolades are a testament to her prowess get ready to uncover the magic behind her best-selling books dive deep with her enlightened awaken your inner alchemy podcast and immerse in her mission to blend beauty business and boundless self-discovery So without further ado, let's dive in and illuminate the universe with Anya Halama. Buckle up, listeners, and let's shine within together. Welcome back, everyone. I have Anya Halama, and she is a multi-talented person wearing many, many hats. Let me just, okay, I already have an introduction. I already have an introduction of as far as what she does and how she helps people. But let me just tell you here, Anya is a millennial manifester, spiritual mentor, a plant medicine facilitator, integration coach, and intuitive digital artist, as well as dot, 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 <laughs> and <laughs> Reiki master, angel angel healer, EFT certified practitioner. And, okay, I'm going to have to have a little bit of help with this one. Hopoponopono, a master... Oh, okay, great. Akashic Record Reader, Angel Card Intuitive, and Law of Attraction Master. Woo! <laughs> Thank you so much, Anya, for coming on my show today. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Gina. I'm excited. I'm excited, too, because I want to learn all about you, how you started from like you know the corporate ro- world, and then get to where you're at right now. Yes. Ooh,
1: that's a fun story. So i I had to grow up really quickly, um that my dad was in a work accident when I was ten years old, and we were immigrants in the u s so uh, I had to translate everything, go to doctors' offices, legal offices, and like not in my childhood taken away from me pretty much. I had so much resentment for my father at this point. And because of that, I knew that I had to help my parents with everything because our income got taken away. So I, uh, um, I took one graphic design class. I was always very artsy. Like most kids did like ballet or dance lessons or piano or whatever. I was the one doing art classes. So I was always very artsy. So when I, once I got to high school, I took one graphic design class. I was like, oh, this is so much fun. I love doing this. I want to do this for the rest of my life, aka my old life. <laughs> And once I got, once I took that class, I went to my counselor's office and I was like, okay, um, this is what I wanna do. What can I do to graduate early? So I graduated high school early, took a bunch of classes beforehand, graduated high school early. Then I went into college right away. In college, uh, the world just manifests beautifully and one thing led to another. I was friends with a girl who had a boyfriend who owned an agency. And she's like, he's looking for interns. Would you want, do you want to intern at his place? I'm like, yeah, why not? So I interned right away. So I tell people that I've been like working in corporate America for like over 15 years. And they're like, aren't you like really young? I'm like, yeah, I am. But I started really early. So at 17 years old, I was already working in corporate America. Then graduated high school, college early as well. And then I went straight into corporate 500s. So I was working in corporate America for a long time after that as well. And I just got burnt out. And I was also very, very sick as well. Anxiety, depression, insomnia. Um, I was going blind. Doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I was allergic to every food out there. I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't hold anything down. Just very, very sick. And it came to a point where I was like, Uh, My health is more important than anything. If I don't have my health, I don't have anything. So I was looking for a way to heal myself of sorts, but I didn't know that I was going on a healing journey. So one day I just woke up and I'm like, I have enough. I was actually at a point in my career at the job that I was working at where I couldn't move up the corporate ladder anymore in that particular job. So I was either going to look for a new job or do something crazy. I'm like, screw it. Let's do something crazy. I'm young. I don't have kids. Why not? Within two weeks, I walked into my manager's office and I quit my job. I sold my car, sold my apartment, put everything in storage, bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. And I'm still pretty much on that one-way ticket. It's been eight years now. And during that time, I found myself pretty much. I didn't know that I was going to find myself, but I found myself. So in Thailand, obviously, life is less inexpensive than it is in the U.S. And I was going to meditation classes. I was going to more yoga classes. I was just really getting on my spiritual path. And that spiritual path led to me healing. And uh, you you named a whole bunch of certifications that I have. That's because I'm a person that if I like something, I get like so endorsed in it. And I like spent all my time studying. And so I like once I healed myself, I'm like, I want to help other people do this as well. So I started getting all of these certificates and all of these different different learning all of these different modalities i'm like i want to help other people now as well so here's my gift to, to the world i've helped myself now i can help other people and that's pretty much how it starts like with most healers like they heal themselves first and then they they pay it forward and helping other people heal
0: as well beautiful and you know spirituality is if people think about spirituality as different things you know it could be just the universe, your angels, God. What is your approach to spirituality? What does it mean to you? Yeah,
1: so it, it's a higher power. So believing in something much bigger than yourself out there. For a long time, I didn't believe in God. I was I was afraid to say the word God. Even I was like, God, if you're real. I grew up very Catholic. Like, like my my mom's brother is a priest. My mom's other brother met his wife at church. I was. I was confirmed, I was baptized, I was all of these things, and and we grew up in a very Catholic religion. I left the Catholic Church when I was 18 years old, and because of everything that was happening, like my dad's accident, like some of the trauma I've had, some of the sicknesses I've had, I was very angry with God playing the victim. I'm like, God, if you're real, why did this stuff happen to me? Why did why did my dad do the things that he did to me? Why did my dad go through all of this? Why is my body like deteriorating pretty much? Like, if you're real, why, why is all of this happening? So for a long time, I didn't believe in God. I even had a hard time saying the words God. I was like, oh, universe, higher powers. And the more that I got on my spiritual journey, the more my connection with God, like got so much deeper. And it's so beautiful now because like, what my relationship with God is, is my relationship with God. Everyone's relationship with God is different, whatever it be. Just because you go to church doesn't make you a good person. Just because you don't go to church doesn't make you a bad person. I don't go to church. I do believe in God, but my connection is different than than what my mother's is. And that is okay. Just believing in something. Also, God is not a guy with a beard in the clouds. Like, that is not my definition of God. But it's believing in something much higher than yourself, believing in something, whether it's God, Buddha, Krishna, universe, like spiritual beings, whatever the heck you want to call it, just having that connection with a higher source. And honestly, it is is love, and connecting to love. That's what all religion, all spirituality have in common, whether it's Buddha, whether it's God, whether it's the universe, it's all love. So connecting to that love within yourself and believing in something that's much higher than you. And that gives you a purpose much greater than this universe and much greater than this 3d plane that we live
0: on. Yes. The 3d plane that controls us, the 3d plane that manipulates us, the 3d plane that lies to us and, Oh, it can go on and on. And that's where these limiting beliefs come from, from media, from friends. And I always say this on my podcast, like we're, is a pretty corrupted world out here. And you're lucky you're in Thailand. I have a friend who is. So I am actually in the U S right
1: oh, you're now, but I live
0: oh. in, I, I live in <laughs> Colombia. Columbia oh, okay. is home base for me. Like that's—I know.
1: I've traveled. I've traveled all over. I found home base in Colombia. Okay, so you're in
0: Colombia now. Okay, we well, got to tell me about Colombia. <laughs> so you've been to different countries everywhere, then?
1: Yeah, I've traveled to almost 70 countries, so 68, 69 countries all total. But I found home in Colombia. There's no uh-huh. place, like, no place like that. I'm actually, I'm in the U.S. at the moment. Like the I moment. was. I, I was at a conference and like I was visiting family in Chicago. Then I'm going to Burning Man. I'm actually in Wisconsin at the moment, visiting a friend who lives with me in Columbia, but he's also in the states at the moment. So,
0: pattern wow. of events. Okay, you just brought up something for me. Uh, Burning Man. Let's talk a little bit about that. <laughs> It's especially if we're talking about uh (laughs) I've never been, but I've been in I don't know if you know my story, but I am a recovered alcoholic. I don't even think that I don't even want anymore. It doesn't even come to my life. People can drink around me. Whatever. I'm fine with whatever. It doesn't whatever. But Burning Man, there's different things that people go do at Burning Man, whether it's art, whether then it's like party, whether that it's this. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that just like put a light bulb above my head and I'm like Burning Man, oh yeah, (laughs) because I was supposed to go a long time ago, but it never happened.
1: So it is actually my first burn that I'm going to, so I've never been, so I can't speak about what really is going to happen, I have no idea, but I am so excited, Burning Man has been on my bucket list for for a long time, in my 20s I partied a lot as well, and went to all the festivals, Ultra, Tomorrowland, like... Uh, electric forest, all the things. Burning Man, I know, is completely different, but I, it's been on my bucket list for a long time. And the so, again, the world, like, just manifests in such a beautiful way. So I was actually invited to go to Burning Man to serve ancestral medicine. I will be serving a, re- a medicine called rape or Hapé, whatever you want to call it. It is a shamanic snuff. I actually have some over here with me. Um, is, is a shamanic snuff um, with tobacco and other herbs coming from the Amazon. Brazil is really big on Rappé, Colombia, again, ancestral. I live in Colombia. we're going to be administering it every night. Um, and it's administered from via the nose, either self-applicator or someone serving it. And it pretty much just grounds you. So really good for Burning Man. Before everyone goes off and parties for the night, ground them, center them. It also, from a scientific standpoint, it also uh, balances both sides of the fem- of the hemispheres in your brain. So the left side and the right side, the masculine and the feminine, it brings them together so you can stay grounded. It opens up the pineal gland as well and opens up your third eye. So really, really beautiful medicine. So I got invited to serve medicine at Burning Man and I'm like, it was a fuck yes in my body. I'm like, yes, I'm going. Are you kidding me? Of course. This sounds incredible. So I'm preparing myself to go to
0: Burning Man in two weeks, which will be so much fun. So much fun. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. Yes, because I, I've watched like some documentaries online and even on TV they had one, I think, on Netflix. I'm not sure. But it looks so fascinating, the lights. Because I used to go to raves a lot. I used to party a lot. But for the wrong reason, though. <laughs> the wrong <Hey>. reason.
1: <laughs> I Me and think... both,
0: girl. <laughs> <laughs> but now if I ever were to go to that, I would appreciate like – the people, the culture, like the love, the the art, you know, and speaking about art, you're into gi- digital artistry. No, <laughs> what is intuitive the
1: Intuitive digital art. Yeah,
0: intuitive. <laughs> so talk a little bit about what the intuitive ind- uh, digital art is, because that's fascinating.
1: Yeah, so like I have mentioned before, um, I was always an artist. Like I went to art school, like my first heartbreak was my art school getting burned down with all of like my peak art being in it, it got burned down. My my heart was so broken. (laughs) But I was always very artsy and I did graphic design for so long. But with corporate America, working corporate America, being a graphic designer, I was confined to a box. Like art just wasn't fun for me at that point anymore. So I took a little bit of a break and that's when I started coaching actually. And however, Lately, I'm like, you know what? Like, I love art. I love, like, designing something. Like, I made a really beautiful post on my Instagram of Lionsgate. Like, beautiful lion with, like, the different planets and the different stars. Like, really, really beautiful. So, however, now that I've got a spiritual path, like, I do a lot of intuitive work. Whether it's going into the Akashic Records, whether it's in a meditation. So, I will open up the Akashic Records, sit in meditation, and whatever comes to me via like meditation via my third eye via feeling, that's what I will design. So I I do it very, very lightly uh, for clients. I don't really advertise it. However, like, so opening up the cash records, you can open up the records for businesses as well. So my new business, like expansion me. The entire thing was given to me inside the Akashic Records, inside a four-hour meditation. The name, the colors, the branding, the logo, what it looks like, everything was given to me. And then I sat with it and I designed it all inside the Akashic Records. So it'll go into like the actual soul blueprint of your business versus a client coming to me and be like, oh, make me a logo. I like the color yellow, make it yellow. Well, like, is that actually like the soul of your business? Is that what your business is telling you? Maybe I don't know. So let's open up the Akashic records of your business and see what that's saying. So it attracts the right clients versus I like the color yellow. Make me something yellow.
0: So the so I'm not familiar with the Akashic record. I did have someone talk on my podcast about that before, and then I wanted to ask her the question like, what is it? But it was like already out of time, and I was like, ah. No, is it like what is it actually? Yeah.
1: yeah. So the Akashic records are the entire blueprint of your soul all of your thoughts, all of your memories, all of your, everything that's ever existed in your soul. So past lives, current life, future life, everything is seen inside the Akashic reference. It's not an actual book, it's in the ether, however anyone can access them, And you can go in and ask good questions like, okay, is this right for me? Should I be doing this? Um, tell me about healing, for example, so I, I speak publicly for a living. This is what I've been doing for a long time. However, for the longest time I had a blocked throat chakra. And I'm like, what is going on? I know I'm supposed to speak for a living, but I have this blocked throat chakra. Like in high school and grade school, like I never raised my hand and like spoke because I just I couldn't speak my words freely, coming from a heart center and like fully speak what I what is on my mind. Like I have all of these Thoughts, I just can't say them out loud. So I'm like, what is going on? And I was working with um with different healers, with uh, like throat activators. I was doing like a different crystal work on my throat and like nothing was working. I'm like, okay, there has to be a deeper meaning for why this is happening. So I'm like, okay, let's open up the Akashic Records and see what it tells me. So inside the Akashic Records, I opened open them up, and I saw that in a past life, it wasn't even in this current life as I stand as Anya, in a past life, I had a mother who was cheating on my father, and I was very outspoken about it. I loved my father in that life. I was very outspoken about it. And she used to choke me. And while she choked me, she put a scarf around my neck. So inside the attachment records, I took off that scarf, and I healed the marks that I had on my neck. And as I heal to them. Um, if you're doing a healing inside the Akashic Records, they live on the eighth dimension. So the healing is much more powerful than doing it on a 3D plane. So I did the healing inside the Akashic Records, took off the took off the scarf and then got out of the Akashic Records and all of a sudden it's like a light switch went off on me. And now I can speak publicly, like literally instant. I was like, wow, this is wild. So something that happened for me from a past life. It wasn't even in this life, from a past life but I was able to go in there and heal it. And it just opened up beautiful planes. Like
0: it's so beautiful. That's so powerful. Wow. I need to do that because I always wondered why am I like this? Why am I like that? You know, there has to be a reason because my, you know, I, my father died when I was a baby. So it was my mom just raising me and, but She was very loving. You know, she disciplined me here and there but as needed because I was a bad girl, <laughs> but very loving. But then I was always wondered, like, why am I so down on myself and harsh on myself? But that was later on. I had to do that discovery for myself. And it took a lot of work. Um, and you do something incredible as well. The EFT is that's like a meridian tapping. Right. And that helps yeah. with like uh, confidence and just getting rid of those limiting beliefs. Yeah,
1: EFT is beautiful. My, one of my all time favorite modalities that I go to, and I use it with clients all the time. So, we all have different meridian points down our bodies, similar to acupuncture. However, without any needles in yourself, you're just tapping on different parts of your body to get rid of some of these limiting beliefs and reprogram your mind. It doesn't always have to be negative. Sometimes you could do an EFT talking on something positive, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a great day today. Like, let's have a fantastic day. I'm in- reprogramming my mind to have this fantastic day but for me EFT um so when I first learned about EFT I was dating someone who was an EFT fanatic and he was just like constantly sitting in the side of the room like tapping on his face I'm like you look crazy like what are you doing over there like this is stupid but my anxiety was crazy at this time and he's like, come on, like, let's just do one session, let's do it. And I was doing it with him for a while and I like I didn't believe in it. I'm like, this is stupid. Like top it around myself, like is this is really gonna work. I don't believe it. But because I had the belief like that it's not gonna work, of course it's not going to work. <laughs> so one day, um like I had a panic attack and he's like, All right, let's do one EFT tapping session, like forty-five minutes. Let's have a tapping session, and then like just give it your full belief. Like you just had a crazy panic attack. Why don't you just give it your all? I'm like, okay, fine. I'll give it my all. Literally, we did a 45 minute session. Instantly, my anxiety went away, and I was like, oh, okay. This like this kind of actually works. After that, again, like once I know something works, I'm like I dive deep in and I study all of it. I'm like, okay this works let's study eft i i love it now and i got certified afterwards and now i use it with my clients i tap every single day pretty much it's one of my all-time favorite
0: modalities yes that's beautiful and then reiki you can combine those two with the energy healing and i heard you can actually do reiki from like a phone call or even like a zoom call is that true <laughs> energy
1: moves wherever energy wants to go you can do it wherever you could do distance healing either via zoom call. someone doesn't even have to be in the area that you're in like even seeing you on a zoom call you can do a distance
0: you can do a distance I see yeah because one time so long time ago in 20 I think it was a 2014 yeah so I was going through a divorce and of course I was drinking heavily and one of my friends uh, we were always partying, we were partying together too, but she was like a spiritual healer too, but I didn't know too much about it. Um, and she was like, let me do something for you. And she was giving me Reiki over the phone and I'm like, "She'll, so, but calm down. Cause I was like crying. like, oh, I don't know what to do. She'll calm down. <laughs> I think I needed to calm down, but she instantly, like, I felt relaxed after whatever she did. I was like, huh? Like I had taken a big deep breath and just my shoulders, like, like, like literally went down, like that, like, huh? Mm. Okay. Okay. That's the first step. I need to like relax a little bit. Right. And it was, it's incredible. Like I love Reiki. I love all, like I've had acupuncture done, but consistency is one thing that you definitely need to do. (laughs) If you're trying to get into something and then you're not consistent, it's not going to work. Would you agree that like in order for us to heal, we need to be like on top of it and do it like a daily practice. Like we brush our teeth. We should be doing these practices.
1: Yeah, one of my all-time favorite Jim Rohn, work harder on yourself than you do on your business. One of my all-time favorite quotes, because yeah, we have to consistently keep wanting to get better. Um, for me, my spiritual journey kind of began. So I was again, I was very, very sick and I was dating a guy. I was still living in Chicago before I went off on this, this spiritual crazy journey. Um, I was dating a guy whose dad was a holistic doctor and he's like, well, Western medicine isn't working for you anymore. Why don't you go to my dad and try Eastern medicine? I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? So I go over there and again, I didn't have the belief like, yeah, this is going to work. Like, this is just a whole bunch of like, hocus, pocus, woo, -woo shit. Like, is, is it really going to work? So I went to go see him. We did a whole bunch of different tests. Like he told me all the stuff that's wrong with me. And like he gave me some practices, gave me some supplements. and But again, I wasn't consistent with it. It wasn't until I like started being consistent, consistently meditated, consistently went to yoga, consistently did tapping. That's when things started moving in my life. Honestly, getting on a consistent meditation regimen, like first, maybe like the first month I started meditating consistently every single day i would wake up and i'm meditating wake up i'm meditating once i started getting on that consistent meditation regimen like my life turned 360. like meditation alone fixed like 80 percent of my problems pretty much like i could sleep better my anxiety was better i wasn't getting the panic attacks like of course things come up here and there but like guiding the mind and being in your body that alone fixed so much but i have to be consistent with. And meditation for me right now is non-negotiable every day like as soon as I I'm meditating.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I'm starting to do deep breathing every day and that's like my form of meditation as well as prayer. And what it's nice is that we my husband and I are doing it and we will do it as a family because I have three boys as well. And the boys love it too. Well, one was like kind of iffy because he's the youngest, but he's like what seven, yeah. So (laughs) he's like, I don't want to breathe anymore. (laughs) But what's so funny? Normally, every day. (laughs) Why do I want to learn how to breathe? I know exactly. That's what they're thinking at that young age. But the nine year old is like, Ooh, I feel better. I feel like I have. I'm ready for school now because school is coming up. And he's like, Ooh, this is great. And we did this lion gate activation, and I have it from one of uh, these ladies I collaborate collab with. And and then I heard, I got an email about Lionsgate, and I'm thinking that the only thing I know about Lionsgate is the film company, <laughs> Lionsgate Films. Uh, what is Lionsgate? Because I'm starting to do some type of activation. I don't even know what I'm activating in Lionsgate.
1: <laughs> First off, props to you instilling this on your children. Start them young. That is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful props to you. So Lionsgate, to me, is probably the most powerful manifestation day um, of the year. So technically it is 8888 is the peak of it. However, it goes from the new moon until the full moon. So from the full moon until the new moon of August. So it started about two weeks ago and it's ending on the 16th. So if you're doing an activation today, you still have a couple of more days to like finish that off. So keep doing the, the manifestation. And as a collective, as consciousness together, we can manifest our truest desires because we're all putting in our manifestation efforts. So it is when um, the earth, meets the sun and meets Ceres. So Ceres is our spiritual sun and we're able to lift the veils are so thin during this time. But we're able to lift all of that and call in anything that we want from the spiritual into our physical realities. It is one of the most powerful like manifestation portals of the entire year. So get all your manifestations in this time but keep
0: doing them all the time actually. <laughs> that is great. Yeah and you know people are saying oh manifestations and over used word manifestation you to manifest this manifest that. what is your definition of manifestation so
1: i have been manifesting my entire life however i was unconsciously manifesting my entire life i had no idea what manifestation was until i was in like my mid-20s no idea I just always knew that I need to feel good. Like if I feel good, it doesn't matter what is going on around me. It doesn't matter what happened to me. It doesn't matter if I got in this accident, if I'm sick, whatever. I know life is going to always turn out good for me because I am feeling good. And that's part of manifestation. It's like that feeling good. How do you want to feel all the time? It's constantly feeling good and going every single day to feel a little bit better than the day before. So with manifestation, we can manifest absolutely anything that we want, whether it's opportunities, whether it's meeting certain 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 people that are going to open up doors for you. We can't manifest specific people because people have free will and we can't intertwine with free will. We are not God, so we can't intertwine with that. However, we can say like, okay, if I'm manifesting a partner, I want this partner to make me laugh. I want them to be... Um, to be into physical stuff. I want them to be working out. I want them to be health conscious. I want them to um, whatever you want from a partner. So we can manifest like qualities of person. And also the universe knows much better than you do. So you might be like, oh, I like Bobby from work. Well, like you don't know that a week later, um, Steven is going to pop into your life. And Steven is a much better match for you than Bobby actually is. So we can't manifest specific people, but. You can manifest opportunities, things, money, whatever. But whatever you are trying to manifest, connect to that feeling good. There's also specific manifestors and non-specific manifestors. So specific manifestors, for example, you want to manifest money. I need to manifest $1,000. I want to manifest $1,000 because I need to pay off whatever. Um, great. If you're a specific manifester, if you're a non specific manifester, you can keep saying, I'm manifesting a thousand dollars, I'm manifesting a thousand dollars, I'm manifesting a thousand dollars, and a thousand dollars won't come to you because you're not a specific manifester. If you're a non specific manifester, I want to manifest five figures. Again, leave it up to the universe. The universe knows better if you need a thousand dollars or nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Leave it up to that.
0: <laughs> right. And then speaking about manifestation, I'll tell you a funny story. So, after, during my recovery, I was starting to get into like church and I was like, you know what, let me see about Jesus. Let me see about this, this, you know, uh, fellowshipping and things like that. And I would go all the time and I loved it though. That was like really what helped me in the beginning. Like, like I said, everybody's path is different. And so this was my path. And there was always like a prayer request box. And so I would always write because I didn't have, my kids were separated from me at the time, you know, cause I was previously married and I wasn't looking for a guy, mind you, I was like, okay, you know, I've been already broken up with the youngest child's uh, father, like it was been like four, like three, two years, two and a half years or three years. I don't want to date nobody, but I do want a family unit sometime in the future. And I was thinking like 10 years from now, right? This was in 2017, 2018. Well, I would always write, you know, God, please, you know, when the time is right, I want a family unit again. I want a family unit. I would pray, write that every day and put it in the box, write it every day, and put it in the box. Well, <laughs> funny story is I, saw, I was serving in the children's ministry. And since I did have my little son, the seven-year-old, I did fall in love with this other child because I am like, oh, he reminded me of my son. And I was like, oh, I love working with him. He's so cute. I loved all, I love all children. I I love children. They are just like, they bring so much joy to my heart. I love them all. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> I talk about that often. Oh, yes, my babies. <laughs> and so I fell in love with him. And then I was also serving, uh, so it was called street ministry. So we would go out in teams from our church and different churches in the community. And we would go off to places on the streets and like, you know, serve, have conversations with them and just to, you know, give them conversations because I'm sure a lot of people don't even talk to them. And, I remember his, uh, the little one's dad would come in, but I would notice that he would come, he would not only pick up his son from children's ministry, but he was also serving at street ministry. And one time he was with my other friend and they were getting like their, their, their items ready to put in the trunk and ready to go. And I was like, Hey yeah, hey. I I know your son because he was introduced to me. I'm like, I know your son, Isaac. He's so cute. He's all you know, Isaac. I said, yeah. Didn't think anything. Okay, I thought it was gonna be like another brother, (laughs) whatever. Like, you know, I wasn't even wanting to talk to guys. Period. I was anti-guy. Then not saying I don't like guys. I love guys. Trust me. Uh, but I didn't want to talk to them. (laughs) So so later on, two weeks later, he had added me on Facebook. And then after after that, uh, he. I accepted it. After that, he said, hey, I I saw that you have a son near my son's age. Maybe we can get them together. And I was like, oh, here we go. Another guy wanting to go. out. I do not want to date anybody. (laughs) So I was like, okay, okay, let's just do that. But then we got into this conversation, you know, through like Facebook Messenger, we're chit-chatting and then, and we were talking like, like, it felt right. Like, I was like, First off, okay, he's Indian and I grew up in Fremont, California, (laughs) and there's a lot of Indians and nothing wrong with these. I've married one now, okay, but I was always kind of like annoyed by how I would get pushed by them at the stores and I'm like, I love them. Don't get me wrong, not but a lot of them in Fremont were not that cool. (laughs) I grew up there. That's why. So I knew I was never going to I told myself I will never date an Indian ever. (laughs) This is when I was younger. I was totally still thinking this at the same time. I will never date an Indian, right? Mind you, I fell in love with one, <laughs> and then we actually got married that year, and we moved into, I mean, like like 2018 was it 2019? Yeah, 2019, and the rest was history. Like seriously, I'm like, I wasn't even ready though. But you know what? The universe said you're ready. <laughs> God and the
1: universe know better than you do. All in perfect, divine timing.
0: (laughs) I know. So I thought I'd just share that with you because I'm like, you're totally right. You know, when the conditions are right for you, then... It's just going to happen, even if you're ready or not. Like, it's going to happen. And I'm like, okay. So, yes, we're very happy now.
1: <laughs> But, yes, I w-
0: yeah, thank you. So, I speaking of, you know, we're talking about Jim Rohn, and I love that quote, too, and his mentor was Napoleon Hill. And you were actually at uh, Napoleon Hill Foundation. Having spoken on that stage, can you share a memorable experience of one of these events? Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> so, this was my first talk that I did publicly. COVID. So I haven't spoken publicly in a while, and oh my goodness, I pick up the microphone and like all of a sudden I stop myself and like, like nothing's coming out again. I was like, not this again, and this is once I've already healed my throat. I was like, not this again. I'm like, Ugh. I was so nervous. I again, I haven't spoken publicly in like in two years. It was it was COVID. I was like, not, all of our stages got taken away. And thankfully, my talk had it split up into two days. Most people that talk, they talk for two hours straight, like one day. Mine was split up an hour one day, an hour the next day. So the first day, I was like, uh, it's a little bit. Uh, but the second day, I freaking rocked it. It was amazing, amazing. And it was really beautiful because... What I teach is very different. Like it's all it's similar to what Napoleon Hill teaches, however it's more woo woo and all like spiritual laddie daddy stuff. But at the end of it, I was like, everyone is literally saying the same exact thing, just in very different words. And what I teach might resonate with some people. What they teach might resonate with other people. And let's collaborate together. And that's kind of the premise of my new company, Expansion Alchemy, is collaboration. Let's all come together and reach a much wider audience. Because we can help humanity when we're in numbers, when we're coming together, versus just trying to reach out millions of people. That's never going to happen. I mean, it can. We wanted to, but together we rise so much further.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And that's one of my, my next goals is to speak on stage. So, <laughs> and, um, speaking of throat chakra, when people, this is what I hear. If you're having a spiritual awakening, you kind of clear your throat a lot. Like, <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> is that true? <laughs> As well,
1: um, I I, mean, I don't know how much truth that is probably because it's, the spirit wants you to talk more. They want you to share your truth. What is true to you, whether it's helping to wake other people up, whether it's sharing about some kind of teachings or whatever. Yeah, you're going to like be using your throat a lot. And it's like, okay, (laughs) come on, come on, you you can do it.
0: Yeah, so that's definitely one of my goals. And I'm just like, oh, you know, if I mess up, then that's okay. (laughs) Because that's how we get pushed through things, right?
1: Yeah, give yourself grace. It's okay if you've messed up. I recently committed to a TED Talk. This is the first time I'm sharing it publicly, hearing over here.
0: Congratulations. Uh,
1: Thank you. Um, So I'm nervous about that, but just give yourself grace. If you mess up, it's okay. We're all human at the end of the day. No one is perfect. It's okay. And honestly, like if you mess up people will be more accepting of that than if you like straight read from the book and like have something memorized. Like no, we're all human. Like slow it it, grow with it. Like it's okay.
0: I'm so glad that you brought that up because people always feel like they need to be perfect. I need to get this right, you know, especially in entrepreneurship. It's like and they won't get anything done if they have to be perfect at everything. <laughs> Nothing will happen. Nothing perfect. <laughs> right. And so just giving yourself, I love what you said, giving yourself grace. That is one of my favorite things. And this was something I always say. I'm like, give yourself some grace. You are human. You know, I said, I fail every day, okay? <laughs> and it may not seem like it, but you know, trust me, okay? I fail, but you know what? I don't take them as failures. I just learning opportunities for myself. Yeah. And that's all it is. We're just learning. We're here to learn and grow and just and be creative. Right? <laughs> exactly. And we have to have that
1: mindset. Like, I'm here to learn and grow, like, taking that all of the learning opportunity. Okay, how can I do better next time? Yeah, I screwed up, whatever. It happens. I'm and, human. It's okay. Right. it's okay.
0: And I think that people. So, so great.
1: Yeah.
0: And then also, you have a book. You have a couple of books, right? Yes. Yes. And I'm working on a third
1: one. Oh, third moment. one. Oh, nice. So yes. your first
0: one was. Rebel's Guide to Spirituality. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about that one? And what does being a rebel mean in the spiritual context? Yes.
1: So Rebel's Guide to Spirituality came to me during COVID. So most people, not most people, some people during COVID would like play video games all day and did absolutely nothing with their lives. It was an opportunity for me to grow. I was like, why not take this time and like get ahead of myself? I started a new company, um, which I've closed down at this point. But what, I was meditating like six, seven times a day, multiple times a day. And that spirit just kept talking to me. Right, right, right. I'm like, spirit, what do you want me to write? I'm not a writer. I had a travel blog when I first started traveling and I closed it down because I hated writing. I'm like, what do you want me to write? Maybe a social media post, a blog post. I don't know. What do you want me to write? And for a months I kept hearing, write, right. I'm like, I don't understand. Seriously, do not understand right now and one day i heard okay write share more of your story write more of your story and i was like again blog post social media post where am i supposed to write all of this and then i was like, getting a massage one day and i was in flow in the feminine in the receiving like just getting pleasure like connecting to pleasure is so beautiful so i was on a massage table getting massage and i heard the book the name of the book, Rebel's Guide to Spirituality. And I'm like, oh, I'm writing a book. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I've never written a book. I'm not a writer. I don't know how I'm going to do this. But it was such a strong message for me. Like, I set a goal for myself to write a thousand words a day, Monday through Friday. I'm like, a thousand words is like a blog post. I could write a blog post in a day. Like, that's fine. I I can do that. So I set the goal for myself to write a thousand words. I wrote the book in four months. And uh, two months after I published it, it became a bestseller. And it was just pure consciousness talking through me. Like, because the message was so strong to write, it was just pure channeled. And it's pretty much my journey, my healing journey, where I was, where I started kind of getting into plant medicines, healing, healing stuff with my dad. Um, and being like a rebel in spirituality, leaving my home country, leaving, leaving my family behind, leaving everything behind just in pursuit of a better life. So being a rebel to me in spirituality means doing things that are right for you, like not listening to all of the naysayers, not listening to what other people think religion should be, spirituality should be, oh, you have to go to church every single Sunday. Like, not listening to any of that, but doing what feels right for you and coming from that heart centeredness for you, from you.
0: Yes, uh, because I've, I've been having this discussion with my husband. You know, he's been a Christian forever and I just knew about it. I mean, I knew about it for a long time, of course, but I didn't really like practice it <laughs> until my recovery. And and so, but I'm in a different place where I just like, I don't feel like I'd have to, there's, I will bind you, I love my church because they're talking about topics that need to be talked about, about what's going on with this earth. <laughs> so I, I, that's why I resonate with that church a lot. However, I feel like I don't have to be there every Sunday dressing up or whatever. You don't have to dress up actually over there, <laughs> but like, I, what are the, why rules? Like you just like who made the rules? Okay. And then why do I have to pay for things when I was born into this planet? Why do I have to pay for a planet that I was born in? You know, this is like my experience. And so I've been kind of like talking with my husband, like, I don't want to go, but it's important to fellowship. I said, but I can, I fellowship every day with people, like, you know, sharing like experiences, you know, what I've experienced and then the messages that I get. And, so I think you're absolutely right. You like, you know, your spirit will guide you where you need to go, the path that you need to take, and always listen to that intuition of yours. It's a very big thing. And now my husband's starting to get like, okay, intuition. Oh, I gotta listen to my intuition. And he likes to breathe now. I'm like, Yes, yes, okay, good. I I'm, I'm kind of like covertly like helping him in a way because he's very stubborn, Beautiful. but I love him. <laughs> he's doing the practice. Get everyone on
1: board. I
0: <laughs> exactly exactly and I wanted to ask you I know that you wear like many hats and uh, you juggle like so many roles but how do you ensure to take care of yourself like what are some things you do for your mental health and for your well-being
1: again I work harder on myself than I do on anything else. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to have a two-hour morning routine that I just recently-ish started but I recently-ish ended as as well my routine was never really, like, disciplined, ever. Like, I'm also a person that I'm like, oh, I'll flow. I'm in my feminine. Like, maybe today I feel like dancing. Maybe today I feel like lifting weights. Like, whatever it is. So I never had a fully instilled routine other than meditation. I've been meditating, like, six, seven years now, which I wake up, I meditate. That is a non-negotiable for me. That is consistent and will stay consistent pretty much for the rest of my life. Like, I just, I love it. Um. So... October-ish, November-ish of last year, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, like, work even harder on myself and, like, really dial in my morning routine. So, I dialed in a two-hour morning routine, and about a month ago, I'm like, okay, I can't be spending two hours every single morning, and that is before I go work out. That's another hour and a half, and, like, I'm starting work at 12 o'clock. I'm like, okay, I can't be doing this. Like, I need more me time. Like, me time is great, but I need to also get to work and, like, start doing stuff before the day to be productive. So I've dialed down my morning routine. Now it's about an hour. So I'll wake up every morning. I'll meditate, non-negotiable. Then I'll journal. Then I'll I'll pray. And then I'll, usually I'll walk to the gym and my, the further away gym, which is like a 25 minute walk versus the one that's like a two minute walk from my house. So so I go further away. So I get some cardio in before the gym. And then I'll also listen to my affirmations while I'm on the way to the gym. So like, habit stacking, atomic habit, <laughs> like fantastic to stack those habits. And uh, then I'll, I'll go work out and then I'll come back. I'll listen to an audio book or some kind of feel good audio while at the gym and then walk back and then listen to another audio. And then throughout the day, I have several alarms to set where I connected to some kind of spiritual spirituality, whether that's like I have I have several alarms that go off. Um, for example, at three thirty-three, I'll do like a manifestation or like a mini breath work session or some kind of affirmations or some kind of journaling, something. So I have several of those throughout the day. So I'm throughout the day, I'm like taking a break from all of reality and just connecting to myself and connecting to source throughout the day as well. And then in the evening, um I do my gratitude and then I'll do another meditation before I go to bed.
0: Wow! Yeah, that's a great, <laughs> and it's all in practice. And I like how you stack them. And like, like, so when I do my makeup, I'll listen to like podcasts and anything inspirational. You know, when I'm going to about to go to bed, I'll you know do some deep breathing. When I wake up, I always do some stretching as well. So those practices are wonderful. Now, where can our guests follow you?
1: Yeah, so I'm on Anya Halama or Anya Travels. My social media is Anya Travels. My Facebook Anya Halama, but also my website, AnyaHalama.com,
0: and everything is pretty much linked on my website. Yes, and I will also put everything in the show notes. But is there anything else you would love to share? Ah, just be you.
1: Continue exploring that journey. Continue just finding what works for you. We've named you several different modalities. I do a lot but I found that those are the ones that work for me. Maybe meditation doesn't work for you. Maybe you're more prone for breath work or yoga versus dance, whatever it is. Find what works for you and stick to it. Be consistent with it. And just allow the magic of the universe and God to just flow through you and your life is going to get so beautiful.
0: That was beautifully said. Thank you so much, Anya. Thank you so much, Gina. This was a pleasure. I want to give a shout out to Feedspot. they recognize my show as being on the 50 best women's sobriety podcasts i am super excited about that and i couldn't have done it without you i also want to introduce my new mini course it is called overcoming challenges so if you're having difficulty in everyday life with things happening that are unexpected or you're like how do i handle this I have the tool. <laughs> I will leave those links in the show notes. And if you are wanting to be part of my newsletter, make sure you text the word SHINE, that's S-H-I-N-E at one 649 6196 Again, that's one 649 6196 Please make sure you leave a five-star review if this podcast is for you. Love you.